This is a podcast by The Straits Times. Hello and welcome to Pop Vouchers, a pop culture podcast by The Straits Times. My name is Jen Lee, and today we're doing a little roundup of entertainment news of the week. And um, you know, just to let you know, we're gonna start with Rebecca Lim, local actress, media cop actress, getting engaged, and the um, a little bit of drama surrounding that, which I'll get into. And then we'll talk about Britney, who's finally free. And then uh, we'll go into a little bit about Taylor Swift's Red release, which I cannot stop listening to. And I know that Sam Joe would not like this because, like, he has some issues with Taylor Swift. Okay, but um, I'm alone now, so I can talk about this. Anyway, um, let's start with Rebecca Lim. Uh, as everybody knows, she's a Channel 8 actress. She has been kind of quiet uh, her, on, her, on the love life front. So... Uh, because we'll get into this, I'll have to explain. For the longest time, Rebecca Lim was linked to another actor called Ian Fang. And they never, like, you know, publicly admitted to being together or anything. But for, like, I think six years, they they had, like, rumours, right, that they were together. And then in um, 2019, uh, Ian Fang was caught sending some uh, sexually suggestive messages uh, with exchanging sexually suggestive messages with um, another media co-actress called Carrie Wong. And you can go back and listen to our podcast on that. We have an episode on that. And it was kind of messy because they they said like, oh, actually, we're just friends. Uh, and Carrie Wong had a boyfriend then who jumped out and, you know, had a kind of like public uh, disagreement with Ian Fang. And then they had to settle their differences and blah, 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 so on. And they tried to report I think they lodged a police report uh, for whoever leaked the messages and so on. Now, back to 2021, Rebecca Lim is engaged. And it was like kind of a surprise news because nobody knew she was like, I mean, like no one in the media knew she was dating. And later on, she admitted that she kept the relationship quite on the down low uh, because things happened very quickly during the pandemic. She met the man this year. Earlier this year, I spoke to her on the phone and she said, she sounds very, very happy and very thrilled. So congratulations, Rebecca. And um, when I spoke on the phone to her, she said um, he's 35, same as her, works in corporate branding. And from other like news sources, he is biracial. I think he's, uh, I think he's British uh, on, on his father's side, if I'm not wrong. And um, you know, but he's Singaporean. He did NS and everything. And apparently he didn't know who Rebecca was. Like he had to Wikipedia her. And uh, apparently now he does watch her dramas. And they were introduced via mutual friends who wanted to set them up. Uh, they met at the start of this year and things sort of, they just hit it off really well. And she got proposed to on, no, I think last Friday. So just, just happened, right? She got proposed to in November. So less than a year of dating. But when I spoke to her, she said, you know, when you know, you just know like, I really felt right. And I'm very happy for her. And this news came out because uh, Rebecca posted it on her Instagram. And, okay, so this is where things get a little bit dramatic. Because hours before Rebecca posted the news, uh, Ian Fang started posting like kind of emo stuff on Instagram. And we will later find out that Rebecca actually told her MediaCorp colleagues uh, and some of her friends uh, about her engagement before the post went public, before she posted on Instagram. So we can assume that uh, Ian Fang knew about her marriage. Lah, huh? And uh, 
he started posting some pretty emotional things. So he posted a story of this song by, uh, I think it's a Chinese singer called Zhang Yuan. And it's called Jia Bing. And Jia Bing is a very famous song. Like, it's a very popular song right now. Um, Briefly translated, the literal translation just means like guest. And why is it called guest? Because the whole song, the entirety of the lyrics, is describing a man attending the wedding of his former lover. So he's very sad. Like, you get married by the groom, it's not me. So it's very, like, pointed. And then he, like, posted a screenshot of the song and then uh, wrote in the caption, so this is how it feels like. And then the next story, it was after Rebecca's, uh, after Rebecca's uh, post came out. And it was like, why is everybody scolding me when she gets married? What did I say? What did I do wrong, you know? Because clearly a lot of people went to see how he reacted. Like, and true enough, hours before, these are the Instagram stories, right? But he also made an Instagram post hours before Rebecca's story came out. And he wrote, it was kind of a weird post. So it was just like a photo of himself looking uh, into the distance. And the caption was, the caption was really weird. The caption like brought in Fan Wong and Christopher Lee because he was saying like, uh, not everybody, uh, not every not every fan, not every Christopher Lee will have a Fan Wong and not every Fan Wong will accompany, will be by the, will stick by the side of Christopher Lee and not everybody can be like them. And when everyone thinks that you guys will be just like them, but not everyone thinks so too. So it's like kind of weird. It was like a not super coherent pose. And as everybody knows, Christopher Lee and Fan Wong are like Singapore's golden couple, right? They are the one of the biggest celebrity couples in Singapore. And uh, so it also again felt very pointed. It felt like he was talking about his failed relationship with Rebecca Lim, even though he never admitted to dating her and she never admitted to dating him. And the pose, which has since been deleted, of course, um, attracted a lot of comments naturally and there were comments like um, you know Rebecca Lim is such a nice girl you should have cherished her because everybody knows about the the sexting scandal right so the public sees him as uh, not not doing right by her lah, cheating on her and so on and uh, there were people who were like you know Rebecca is such a nice girl and you should have cherished her and now that you've lost her you know it's too late to, for regrets and then he like replied to the netizens and was like, yeah, I suck, okay? Like it was very angry. He was very heated. And then there was someone who was like, didn't you say you guys were good friends? Well, then why do you have to be so dramatic now? And he was like, why do I have to explain anything to you? Why do I have to tell you everything? Will you help me? Will you stop the wedding? No? Then shut up. Like it's very defensive and very angry. And in fact, I think that's a post on Rebecca Lim's Instagram uh, before this is before the engagement post, she like posted something about the weather and a photo of herself being overseas. So she like misses the weather overseas or something. And then um, Ian Fang commented like uh, the weather now is is uh, is cold or like the weather now is like rainy or something like that. Some some it's a bit slightly emo like the weather now is rain is rainy. Then somebody replied to that comment and said, "Are you crying?" And he's like, yeah, I am. So it was just really weird. He was just like all over 
Instagram and social media being all up in his feelings, being really emotional and being very... Like, honestly, I have to say, it was pretty dramatic. And when Zhao Bao caught up with him, so Zhao Bao caught him, right? And he said, like, he... Zhao Bao says he sounded very upset. And uh, he said that... uh, he said that uh, he tried very hard, but they couldn't become the next Fan Wong and Christopher Lee. And then he just said like, oh, um, you know what? Help me wish her well. That kind of thing. Lah. Like, it's very weird because technically they never admitted to being together, but this is as good as admitting that they were lah, together. And then she said, he said like, oh, I hope that man can give her the, the greatest happiness because he has got the best girl in the world and I hope he won't bully her and will help her because, you know, the entertainment industry is not like other industries and I hope he can, you know, be more considerate of her. And was like, if he's, if he doesn't treat her well, I will hold him accountable. Which is so weird because even if they were together, the two of you have broken up. Who are you to say this kind of things? And okay, so Rebecca Lim was very... Um, nice about this whole thing and she didn't say anything um, really in particular about Ian Fang and just said like oh I hope people can just focus on like the happy news like and you know Ian and I are friends and uh, I got con- I got congratulations from him as well and I'm very thankful so she was very gracious but honestly like when I was reading this whole thing I was I just felt very like um this this is so weird because it's her happy news, right? It's her big day. It's her engagement. And the focus is completely blurred by someone who's supposedly her ex-boyfriend. And sort of like, the conversation was taken over by how sad her ex-boyfriend was. And I'm sorry, if I was getting married and if I was getting engaged and my ex-boyfriend was all over Instagram being really upset, I would be genuinely quite angry because I would feel like you know, why are you, like, with, we're no longer, you know, associated in a romantic sense. And why are you, like, hogging, like, why are you making my moment about yourself? Like, I would feel very upset if I was Rebecca Lim. But clearly, she seems to be a bigger person and more gracious person than me. Um, And I just felt like it wasn't, I mean, maybe Ian Fang is really upset, but this isn't good. Like, this just makes him look, this makes him look very, um, not gracious and this makes him it's just very weird because what people remember of him is the sexting scandal so it's like you didn't treat your girlfriend very well and then now she get married and then now you're sad and it just seems very um, it's very hard to feel a pity for him it's very hard to sympathize or empathize with him but uh that being said, you know, I think it's difficult. Um, at relationships ending is just very difficult. Everybody has been through it. It's a very universal experience. And I hope he uh, comes out of this stronger and I hope he will find happiness of his own as Elvin Ern and Romeo Tan evidently wished for him in his Instagram post, which has since been deleted. So all the comments and everything is gone. I have the screenshots though, but anyway... <laughs> Yeah, so that's it. And, you know, we wish Rebecca well. She says she wants to hold the wedding next year and that she's very excited to be a wife. So, yay for Rebecca Lim and congratulations.
Now, if you are enjoying this episode of Pop Vouchers so far, do find us on the hashtag Pop Vouchers Podcast channel. You can find us on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just look for hashtag Pop Vouchers. Now, some of our episodes are on YouTube as well, so do check those out. Like and rate us. Now, back to our show. Let us continue with Pop Vouchers. Okay, now back to our show. Uh, we've just finished talking about Rebecca Lim's engagement. And now, in more news, uh, in more happy news, actually, uh, we've talked about this numerous times in several episodes. But Britney Spears is finally free. Yay! Britney is free! Okay, if you didn't follow this uh, movement, you know, the Free Britney movement has been going on for a very long time because if you don't know, Britney Spears, one of the biggest pop stars of the noughties, right? The early 2000s. Um, she was, she had um, a, a mental health crisis. Uh, I think, if I'm not wrong, in like 2007 or 2008. And she was put under conservatorship. Uh, when you are put under conservatorship, it means like uh, it conservatorship is for people who are maybe too weak or not in the right state of mind to decide their own affairs. So, say somebody in a coma, uh, a very very old person who has severe like you know Alzheimer's or dementia, uh, you know, or people who are just mentally incapacitated to the point that they cannot uh, you know, decide their own daily affairs and function normally. So that's what a conservatorship is meant for. But Britney, who, yes, was under um, immense uh, mental health, uh, was in a mental health crisis, was put in that conservatorship and was stuck in it for like 13 years. And her father had, for the most part of those years, had total control over her money, over her assets, over what she could or couldn't do. And even though Britney was... At that time, uh, in, in that period, she was still actively producing music. She was still actively performing. In fact, she was um, she had a Las Vegas residency that did extremely well and earned her a lot of money. So even though she was like uh, earning money, right, she was still being controlled. So she was earning money for the people who were controlling her. And she couldn't touch her own money. She couldn't decide for herself what she wanted to do. And earlier this year, Britney came out to say that uh, she was put under so much control that even though she wanted to get pregnant again and get married, she couldn't um, because she had to have an IUD. And IUD is a, a sort of like a, 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 it's, it's a family planning thing. It's basically a birth control method. Uh, she had to put in an IUD and couldn't get pregnant. Uh, she couldn't drive. Uh, you know, she had to go to therapists that were like given to her that she didn't choose. So she had to go to the therapist that she didn't like and um, they would give her medicine that was very strong, that kind. So there was a big, uh, you know, controversy over this. Lah. But for years, the Free Britney movement has been building because for years, people know that she's under conservatorship and yet she's still performing. So people were like, this is weird. Like she should be, she shouldn't be under this control anymore. And for years, she fought and it didn't go anywhere. There were documentaries about Britney being under conservatorship. There were news exposés and articles, including about how Jamie Spears, her father, like bucked her home, like was listening into her conversations. It was just deeply invasive, a lot of it. And after so many years of momentum from fans asking her to be freed, you know, from numerous um, legal challenges, documentaries, as I said, exposés, after everything, finally on, uh, I think if I'm not wrong, November 12th, 
uh, they ruled in her favor, a court ruled in her favor, and she is now free from the constraints of a conservatorship. She's free to make personal and business decisions for herself. And her father is no longer controlling her. And that's just amazing. Like, oh my God, Britney is free. And, you know, if, if you've been following pop vouchers, you'll know that Sam Joe and I have been following this case for a long time because we're both very interested in it. And we both have like fond memories of Britney as a child, right? Like she was a big uh, pop star in our younger days. And it's just hurtful to see her, you know, going from like such a, such a great like cultural pop cultural figure and then having having no control of her own life and finally she's free and we're very happy for her but um the legal battles are still ongoing because uh Britney Spears and her attorney Matthew Rosengart have made it very clear that they are going to investigate the abuse and fi- financial mis- mismanagement that Britney alleges against her father and hold people accountable la. so they're going to you know, investigate like Jamie Spears for for surveillance, uh, for f- breaching his fiduciary duties, for violating like um, or violating Britney's best interests, lah, basically. And you know, I'm excited to see how that would turn out because, really, honestly, I think Jamie Spears needs to be held accountable for what he has done to Britney. And at the same time, you know, um, I also want to say that conservatorship is very hard to get out of a conservatorship. And clearly, the system is ripe for abuse, as we can see with the case of Britney, right? There's even a movie about how abusive the conservatorship system can be. It's called I Care A Lot. It's on Netflix. It's by, it stars Rosamund Pike and Peter Dinklage, who plays Tyrion in Game of Thrones. Uh, Rosamund Pike is from Gone Girl, right? So um, it's a great movie. I actually enjoyed it a lot. It's very dark, though, because it is about the conservatorship system is about how someone abuses the conservatorship system to like get money from people who otherwise can completely uh, decide their own affairs, but they are kept, kept under lock and key and their money is all, you know, being handled by somebody else. So that's uh, a little film wreck in between everything. Again, as I said, Britney is just one person who managed to get out of the system and she got out of it from despite being famous, despite having a lot of money, uh, despite being already in a much more privileged position than other people who might be under conservatorship. And she had, even then, there had to be like external forces pushing for the Free Britney movement. There had to be like legions of fans. There had to be, you know, NYT publishing exposés and making documentaries about it, Netflix making documentaries about it for her to finally get the traction she needed to get out of her conservatorship. So you can just imagine how much more difficult it is for everybody else. And, you know, it's. I hope it's something that we can continue to uh, pay attention to uh, moving forward. All right, now in slightly less uh, serious news, um, we have Taylor Swift news. We have new Taylor Swift music. Technically, it's not new. It is a re-recording of her Red album with some new songs and some longer versions of old songs. If you're not familiar at all, if you've been under a rock, um, Taylor Swift's red release is huge on the internet right now. Uh, she released a um, version of All Too Well, which was a song that really made it big in her, in her red album. So her red album was released about, I think, nine or ten years ago. And it was, um, All Too Well is one of the songs on it that, really resonated with fans and 
I think back then she said that all too well was originally 10 minutes, but she cut it down to like four, four or five minutes for the album version. And now she has released a full 10 minute version. And why am I talking about this? Because Taylor Swift dated Jake Gyllenhaal right before Red was released. And apparently it was a very bad breakup. And so a lot of the songs are said to be about Jake Gyllenhaal. Of course, she never tells you who the songs are about. But it's pretty easy to work out who the songs are about. Like, like if you're following her, her romances and her career and everything closely. So everybody is jumping on the Jake Gyllenhaal hate train right now. Because, um, so Taylor was very young when Jake Gyllenhaal and her dated. I think she was 19 and Jake Gyllenhaal was like maybe four, like 30 or so. And so like the song is very obvious because there are lyrics like, uh, you said if we had been closer in age, it would have been fine. And that made me want to die. You know, that kind of thing. And then she like mentions being at parties. She's like, um, not here like sipping a drink at a party. Some actress asking me what happened. You. That's what happened. You. Right? So it's like very, there are a lot of hints here to 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 make it look like, yeah, yeah, it's Jake Gyllenhaal. And she even made like a, a short film about it. The short film is not great cinema, but it's again very like, the the guy in the short film is styled like Jake Gyllenhaal. Like he has a beanie, he has that beard and it, it's, it's very, it's very gossipy because everybody is like, gosh, you look at the longer version of All Too Well and you're just like, wow, what did Jake Gyllenhaal do to her to make her this upset about him? But I would say that, um, you know, Taylor's always been, um, Taylor has always um, mined her romances and her relationships to put into her own music like and you know sometimes it makes for a great pop song and I don't think we should necessarily like judge her for that but I will say that I think it's not very healthy how everybody is like essentially cyber bullying Jay Gyllenhaal and wondering what he thinks of all of this I mean they dated like 10 years ago so like guys let's just enjoy the music enjoy the we can enjoy the tea a little bit but like I don't think we need to you know go into um Jake Gyllenhaal's mentions and be like because there are a lot of people leaving pretty like mean comments and leaving like lyrics of Taylor's song on his Instagram account and I don't think it's very healthy like we shouldn't be doing that I would say that I think it's very funny that people are like if this is what she has for Jake Gyllenhaal imagine what she's got in the vault for like John Mayer <laughs> because she also dated John Mayer and John Mayer is famously kind of like not a great dude to date if you know anything about his relationships in the past Anyway, um, another interesting thing about uh, Taylor's Red release, if you're wondering why she's re-releasing her entire album, including new songs, right? It's because Taylor was basically involved in a battle over her own rights, over the rights to her music, her masters. So she took a very... Um, she basically wanted to buy her own masters. She was not given the chance to do so. And if I'm not wrong, um, Scooter Braun eventually got her masters and then he sold it uh to another to another person so the first six uh albums in taylor swift's career was owned under big machine and then they i think they sold it to scooter braun and the the the, the details are a bit i'm a bit um, hazy on the details but basically what happened is taylor asked to buy her own music she was not given a chance to buy her own music 
uh, she has since left um, the Big Machine label, right? And she's, I think she's with Universal now. And um, because she couldn't buy her own music, she was very upset. She wanted to own the rights to her own music. And to devalue the masters, right? What she's doing is re-recording everything. She's just re-recording everything she recorded uh, back then so that all the new all the new recordings will be under her. So that the masters that um, you know, uh, Scooter Braun and people held on to the master. Whoever is holding on to the masters will not be able to uh utilize it at, at such a great price, like, Because like you know, when you need to use music for like advertisements or whatnot, you need to buy the music. You need to buy the rights to the music. So because when you want to use some of these music, say in a in a movie or in an advertisement or what, you have to buy the music, like, And basically, Taylor is making music that belongs to herself only, so you can buy from her instead of buying from uh you know the, whoever owned her previous masters so it's really quite a savvy move on her part because she's reclaiming her the creative control right and a lot of artists don't own their own music there has been a lot of battles over this i think uh paul mccartney tried to regain copyrights to the beatles catalog prince uh fought with warner brothers over the rights to his masters in the 1990s so you know this has been Artists not owning the rights to their own music has been an ongoing issue for a very long time. And I think uh, what Taylor Swift is doing is pretty admirable, right? Because she's really, she's not backing down and she's like making a very, uh, making a very clear play for her own creative control. And honestly, I think people who make the music should own the music. And I get why she's very upset that her masters were gone from her. And yeah, I, I support that endeavor to reclaim her own music. And uh, we can also look forward to more re-releases of her previous albums. And uh, in fact, there are there are from the vault songs, as Taylor says, because in that same era, right, she would like compose a lot of songs and then she would cut them down for the album. So there are songs that never make it onto onto an album. There are songs that she sort of wrote, but it never went anywhere. And so, like when she re-releases her music she gets a chance to bring the, the stuff that she, she wrote at the same time out. And yeah, I think it's quite amazing that, you know, we get to see like this very successful reclaiming of creative control in uh, such a big name, right, Taylor? And I think it is, I think she is probably one of the first or at least like the the, the biggest name re-recording her masters. That said, um. It is now apparently getting harder for artists to re-record their own work as Taylor is doing, maybe because people see what Taylor is doing and, you know, record companies are trying to prevent that from happening. So they are, like Universal Music Group is modifying its contracts to extend the period in which an artist can re-record their music. So previously, a standard contract was that an artist cannot re-record their own work five years after their last delivered recording or two years after the end of their contract term, whichever is later. So now, the new format increases the time to after recording to seven years, and the time after the contract term ends to five years. So, yeah, it's getting even harder to record your own music. And, um, you know, I just want to say, guys, I think musical artists should own the right. Like, if you compose the music, you should own the right to it. But I guess the musical industry is not as... Um, it's not as kind and um, it's not as positive and reaffirming as the songs can be. So, well, that's it for uh, this episode of Pop Vouchers. I hope you enjoyed yourself. And as I said, I hope we can all wish Rebecca Lim well. She's clearly very happy and very thrilled. 
And yeah, that's it. So that's your dose of pop culture for this week. And if you want to talk about more things, if you want, if you have any ideas on what I should talk about, you can write into me at generally at sph.com.sg. You can write into podcast at sph.com.sg. Or you can slide into my DMs at Jen Lee Rides. Alright? Thank you for joining me. And this was Jen Lee. And I am a pop voucher. And thank you for listening. That was an SPH podcast by The Straits Times. Find us on Spotify, Apple or Google Podcasts or streaming on Google Home. Do feedback to us at podcast.sph.com.sg. You can also check out more podcasts on various topics at The Straits Times, The Business Times and Money FM 89.3.